You are listening to the Cherished Companions podcast. I'm Caitlin, and I help you and your animals live the best life together. I use a mixture of modern training and holistic natural methods. On this podcast, we will talk everything animals and how we can consider our pet's body, mind, and soul. To look at our pets holistically and to treat behavioral issues with natural healing products and methods. This podcast is all about sharing our love and appreciation for the animals in our life. Welcome to our very first episode. In this episode, since it is the week of Halloween, by the way, how exciting is it that our first episode is on Halloween? We will be talking all things cats and witches, and especially black cats. So cats and witches have had a history together. For thousands of years, cats have been thought of as mysterious creatures with supernatural powers. But these beliefs didn't just come out of nowhere. Cats have been worshipped as gods and also viewed as the devil and as something really evil. Even today, some people still see cats, especially black cats, as bad. I volunteered at a cat shelter and the black cats were always the last to be adopted and there were always more black cats than any any other type of cat or color cat because they were always the cats that were giving up, people were given up and cats that just weren't wanted. So let's see, how exactly did cats witches and black cats how do they all tie together and where did all of this black cats are bad luck come from so first we're going to go back to the middle ages and talk about black cats cats were killed by the thousands during the fourth century so the fourth century is about 380 to 400 a.d So a super long time ago. This is when the Black Death pandemic was happening. So black cats were killed because they were thought of as the devil. So people wanted to kill them because they thought they were killing the devil and evil. But this was actually a really bad idea because cats killed rats. And rats are what spread the plague. So a lot of people would have survived and the plague may not have even really occurred if all of these black cats and all these cats weren't killed. So now that was kind of one of the first things that brought on mass killings of cats. But the church's view of witches also gave cats a really bad reputation. So back in the day, witches would be people that would make potions that would heal people. And this was just kind of an accepted thing that some people would concoct and stir up these potions with herbs and use the elements and they would use these potions and the things that they've created to heal people. But the Christian church started to spread around propaganda that these magical powers and these magical potions and healings came from the devil. So even though these herbs and whatever the witches were using did heal people and did help, the church decided to let everyone think that the 
the reason that these were helping was because the devil was a part of it. So from around 1400 to around the 1600, 1800, the Christian church in Europe began hunting cats and witches. So they slaughtered masses of cats. They slaughtered cats pretty much up to the point of extinction. Now, luckily, cats were in other parts of the world, so cats didn't become completely extinct. But for most of the 16th century, Europe began to believe that witches were evil, and many witches, along with their cats, were tortured and killed. So many innocent men and women were accused of rich witchcraft just because they owned a cat. So they may not have even been making these magic potions and healing people, but they just owned a cat. You could even be tortured for helping a sick or injured cat. So they just wanted everyone to completely stay away from cats. And if you were seen with a cat or thought of to have anything to do with a cat, you were all of a sudden called a witch, men and women. Especially elderly women who lived alone and owned cats, they were often reported by their neighbors to be witches. The only evidence for them being a witch was that they had a cat live with them. So this is kind of where the crazy old cat lady idea comes into play. And it wasn't only in Europe. Celts believed that cats were actually humans who had been forced to return to this world after committing bad deeds. So cats were seen as evil humans reincarnated. This is how the stories of witches began, that witches, when witches turned into cats and shape-shifted into cats, it came from the Celts' belief that cats were evil humans reincarnated. There have even been witnesses to say that they've seen these transformations happen. They say that they've seen witches sneak into people's houses at night to cause them harm and then turn into a cat to escape or turn into a cat to get into their house. And these people that they have accused of doing these evil crimes, they were tortured badly. And some of them even confessed to the crime of, yes, I did turn into a cat, I'm capable of turning into a cat. But they most likely just confessed to this because of the torture that they went through. Committing to something they didn't do just was a lot easier than being tortured. But what all this led to was that cats were tied up with witches and often faced the same fate as their owners or whoever was just trying to help them or be kind to them. So both the witch and the cat were killed and tortured. In 1484, the Pope also called all cats and anyone who owned a cat a witch and said that they must be burnt at the stake. Cats were burned by the thousands along with their people. Hungarians also believed that cats became witches between the ages of 7 and 12 years old. They actually thought that they could deliver a cat from the witch by making an incision in the skin in the form of a cross. So again, cats were tortured and along with people that were associated with cats. So all of this torture and all of this witch 
accusations happened during the 1400s and 1600s. Throughout all the 16th and 17th century, cats were tortured as people tried to get the devil out of them. So it kind of moved from cats being evil and just being associated with witches to people believing that witches were actually cats they could transform. And then it kind of moved to cats being the devil. So during the 18th century, the luck for cats didn't change. Cats were now used as bait for hunting. So they were just kind of thought of not really as a living thing, but something like a tool or and something to be used and not cherished or desired at all, just something to be thrown away. Some people even believed that when a cat's body was burned with the body, sorry, when a cat's body was buried with the body of a rat into the building of a house, other rats would stay away. So mum mummified bodies of cats and rats were found together in many old houses. So it is clear from all of this that cats, especially black cats, have had a really rough time. But let's not talk about cats and witches as something negative and kind of switch over a bit to what it was believed that witches actually did do with their cats. So cats are thought of by real witches and people that do magic and make these potions, they were thought of kind of something special and magical. There are some pretty crazy cat stories and beliefs that people have in cats. These are people that the witches now, what they believe the cats can do. So we kind of looked at the outsider's perspective and now we're gonna look at the witches' perspective and how they relate to cats. We already know that cats have been accused of being associated with magic and the devil and evil and kind of the witch's companion, which is true. Witches do call cats their familiars. So familiars are kind of like a pet, but a lot more than a pet. If I would probably say to someone who practiced magic and believed that they had a familiar that it was a pet they probably wouldn't like that at all and I'm not saying that familiars are a pet I'm just trying to make a comparison so it was witches believe that cats do hold a lot of magic cats have been used in spell casting and cats are kind of used to enhance magic so at one time, cats were also used as sacri sacrificial victims in the casting of spells. There's this crazy story that's really interesting that I found when I was doing some research. So in 1590, this man and his coven, so a coven is a group of witches that do magic together and perform rituals together, were accused of trying to drown Queen Anne and her husband, King James, on their voyage to Denmark. So they thought that the witches had taken a cat 
tied this cat up to a chopped up human body and threw the whole body and the cat into the ocean while chanting all kinds of spells. After they did this, people reported that they saw them doing this, and then a huge sea storm began, and the royal ship with the king and queen were forced to return back to Scotland, preventing them from sailing to Denmark. So why this man, John, and his coven would want to prevent the king and queen from leaving Scotland and going to Denmark, I don't know. But this is kind of a famous story about how cats have been used in spells. And it is also believed that if a cat jumps over a dead body, the corpse will become a vampire. And to stop this from happening, the cat has to be killed. And during the 17th century, it was believed that if a cat was boiled in oil, the, it would be an excellent dressing for healing wounds and healing sores and cuts. So people would boil cats in oil and then put that oil mixture onto their wounds. It was also believed that diseases could be created with cats. So it seems like they believed cats could remove diseases and cats could also create diseases. So people believed that plagues were made from the body of a cat stuffed with fruit, herbs, and grain. And then this cat body filled with fruit, herbs, and grain was then thrown down from the top of a mountain. And they believed that doing this act, stuffing the cat's body and throwing it down a mountain, would cause a plague. It was also believed that cats could cause a crop field to be prosperous or not. So they believed that if a cat was buried in the field, a large crop would grow. They also believed that cats could destroy crops. Some people accused witches to have filled the skin of a cat with assorted vegetable matter and put this cat for three days, let it kind of dry, and then grind the mixture, so make like a paste out of this cat and vegetable mix. And then on a windy day, they would go to a mountain and scatter the ground up powder that they've made across land as a sacrifice to the devil and then the devil would in return destroy the crops. And one thing as I was doing research that I kind of thought, like why are these witches doing all this stuff? Like why do witches not want a good crop? They need to eat too. They need to have crop and food. I just, I don't really understand that, which makes it seem like just kind of crazy. It has also been thought that black cats held the spirits of those who have passed with unfinished business so that people that have passed from their life and they were unable to reincarnate as a human because they still had some stuff that they had to do from their previous life so they returned as a cat and I guess they did their unfinished business as a cat. And the fact that cats just, we all know this, we know this today, we still have this kind of thought that cats are very independent and they like to be alone and they don't like human companion or to be cuddled. 
they're just happy on their own, which, you know, they are, but in my experience, cats always love to be around people. They're not as independent as people like to think they are. Anyways, this thought of being cats independent and the fact that cats move around at night, which, you know, also isn't completely true. Cats move around in dusk and early morning. In the dead of night, they're sleeping. Cats like the in-between times, which are maybe even uh, maybe creepier, the kind of shady in-between before the sun and just after the sun sets. Since they like those times, cats, has, ha, cats have always been thought of as mysterious creatures with these supernatural powers. So we talked about how the kind of the evil things that and spells and magic that cats can do. And most of it involved, I don't know if they took an al alive cat and stuffed it with these vegetables and these fruits and threw them down mountains or if it was a cat that had already passed away. But either way, there were witches kind of using the body of a cat and making spells that caused bad things to happen. But witches, from their point of view, they think of cats as just a way that can enhance whatever spells they are doing. So I guess if they're doing dark magic, maybe these were the things that they were doing. But cats can also enhance good magic and magic that is spreading love and peace and healing and health these kind of stories don't always make it out it's always the bad stories but that's kind of what we're talking about today anyway is how cats have been especially black cats have had this kind of negative opinion on them but now it hasn't always been that bad for black cats and cats in general there are other parts of the world where, and many different countries, where cats are seen as good luck charms. Places and countries that ha weren't affected by the witch trials, places like Japan, Russia, and Scotland. These places think of cats as good luck. Cat myths first began in ancient Egypt, where they were worshipped, and they were thought of as the, the embodiment of gods. The Egyptian goddess Bast is part cat and part human. And the Egyptians would also mummify cats and they would make blessings to this goddess and they expected to receive blessings in return. So cats were a good luck and when you worshipped cats and loved cats, you received blessings. So it, has, it hasn't all been terrible for cats. In other parts of the world, cats were worshipped as gods. And cats were seen as good luck. Okay, let's get back into some black cat symbolism. This is the kind of stuff that is still going around today and what people still believe when they go into a shelter and they see all black cats. Why these black cats are still there are because we've all heard that black cats can mean bad luck. And if a black cat crosses your path, bad luck is coming to you. But there's more than just this, just that to this superstition. It can depend on whether the black cat crosses your path from the right to the left or from the left to the right. 
So if the black cat crosses your path from right to left, that's bad luck. But if the cat comes from left to right, that's good luck. And this is something that cultures and people still do believe to this day. But they also believe that black cats bring good luck. So there are only a few cultures that actually consider a black cat to be purely bad luck. There's always good luck with the bad, depending on the circumstance and your response to the black cat. Many cultures also claim more supernatural origins for the black cat. In Eastern cultures, the black cat can be seen as a spirit guardian. Black cats will soak up soak up bad luck when they visit you so they'll take the burden of the bad luck for themselves and they'll leave you with the good luck so having a black cat around is actually a really positive thing black cats can also symbolize guidance and protection so there's a lot of mixed kind of theories and superstitions going around today on black cats but overall, just looking at the shelters, or at least in my area, black cats are not the favored cats. In my opinion, every black cat that I've met has actually been the most friendly cat. Black cats always seem to be the friendliest, the nicest, the ones that want to be around you the most. This is in my experience. So now we're going to talk modern day. Um, we mentioned a bit about familiars and witches, so let's go to some modern-day familiars and witches and kind of where the idea of a familiar came from. So a familiar is a companion to a witch. I guess a familiar can doesn't have to be a cat. It just typically is usually a cat, but it's an animal that the witch really connects to. When the witch and the cat, the familiar, are working together, the magic that they produce is extremely powerful. It is said that when a witch uses a cat during their magic, the spell or the power will actually increase and double. But overall, the cat has psychic and magical connections with a witch. It is also believed by some that when the witch's familiar grows old and dies, they're still assisting the witch. They're still able to help the witch when the witch needs them. And they're there helping the witch find their, the witch's new familiar. And then the old familiar watches over the witch and the new familiar together and just is always with the witch. And the witch can feel that presence. So now we know what a familiar is. It's someone who helps a witch and increases her powers. But how do, you forget, how do you get a familiar? The first thing you need to know is that you don't choose your familiar and you don't choose the cat that you want. The cat chooses you. If you want to take a cat as familiar, you first have to ask permission and the cat needs to agree. Usually your familiar will find you and it's probably when you aren't even looking. So I have three cats currently, and I've had other cats in the past. Over my lifetime, I've had six different cats, including the three that I have now. So three cats have passed, and I have three currently. 
And for all these cats, I've felt a very strong connection to. I feel like we've bonded. And I was really curious to see what would make a cat different from a regular cat and a familiar. So I looked it up and this is what people are saying how you know if your cat is your familiar. So you know if your cat is familiar if you're able to telepathically communicate with your cat. So you can talk to them. You can kind of have conversations with them just as if they were a person. And this is something that I know I've never had. So, so far, never had a familiar. You might see your familiar in a dream, visualize them during meditation, and hear them talk to you and communicate with you up to months before you actually meet them. So I've never, I don't really even remember my dreams ever, so I know that this has never happened to me. Um, it also says that if you have a familiar out there, it will happen. And if you don't have a familiar, it won't happen. So maybe I just don't have a familiar. Familiars bond with you on a spiritual level. You can trust your familiar completely. I feel like I can always trust my cats completely. A familiar guides you in your magical and spiritual endeavors. So what does this actually mean? It means that your cat will take an active role in your spiritual undertakings. It also means that they will participate in rituals and provide guidance and wisdom. While you per are performing your rituals, they will push things into place or pull things out. They will actively want to participate in what you are doing. So I can say that my cats, definitely if I have pens on the table or objects on the counter, they'll push them off and roll them around. And I think everyone that has a cat knows that and experiences that. I think that's just a cat thing. But I don't feel that they're doing this with intention to kind of point something out to me or tell me that something needs to be moved or is out of place. So I would think that would mean that none of my cats have been familiars. And it says that cat familiars will always ask to be thanked for their assistance. I feel like my cats want recognition when they do something, um, but that's just them kind of being sassy. And it says that your familiar will make a pact with you. So when you ask them, if you ask them, are you my familiar, they will kind of initiate a pact. Like, yes, we have this bond. We, we are one. So I conclude that I don't have a familiar. I've never had a familiar. I think it's a really cool thing. It's it's neat to think that you can make that kind of a connection with an animal. And I'm going to turn this back to you and ask if you have a familiar, if you think you have a familiar, if um, you think that familiars are a thing, if um, any experiences with cats and familiars or any animal and familiars that you have heard of or that you are experiencing currently or have experienced in the past, do you think it's possible to have a familiar? Let me know. You can um, go to my website, hit the contact button, send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram, whatever you want to do. 
let me know what you think about cats and familiars and your experiences. So that brings us to the end of our very first episode. I hoped you enjoyed it. It had a more magical kind of fun theme than I think the rest of the our episodes will take. But now we're at the kind of last portion where I want to include you in the episode. If you have a story or any story at all that you want to share about any pet or animal in your life. So right now I'm not talking about familiars. That's kind of something different that I'm curious about. But I want to start bringing other pet owners and pet lovers and pet parents onto the podcast and I want you to share just a kind of fun or silly lovable story about your pet. It can be anything at all, anything that you want to share that just kind of expresses our love for animals and the pets in our lives. So thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Cherish Companions podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please find me on Instagram as Cherished Companions. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to come on the podcast to share your animal story, find my contact information in the show notes. All links will be in the show notes or just head over to www.cherishedcompanions.org for quick access to all our social media and contact information. Thanks again for listening and join me next week. Now, get out of here and spend some time with the animals you love. Bye!